Hi everyone, it's Shakti Durga, and welcome to this episode of the Soul Talk podcast. Each episode is going to feature some of the highlights from live trainings, retreats, online classes, and presentations that I've done around the world. If you find value in it, please text the link to the podcast to a friend or share it with your networks. I look forward to connecting with you soon. Namaste. Here in Australia, I've got to say things are relatively calm compared to other places, but we send our heartfelt best wishes to people in other lands where there's a lot of pain and a lot of suffering. Despite the fact that most of us, I suppose, on this call this morning would be having a pretty calm time in terms of, you know, got a roof over our head, we're eating pretty normally, the disruption for some is minimal and for some is is quite significant in terms of daily life, whether your work has been disrupted, having children home when they're normally at school, having to homeschool, trying to fit it all in. All these things can be a very great burden, I suppose. And I was talking uh, yesterday about transition and a great book that I have been reading called The Wisdom of Transition by Cheryl Benedict. And I really recommend this book and I feel like it's a very timely book for us to be looking at because it's um, a time when things are changing a lot and there's a lot of transitions going on. This is her first book and it's really good. She's a corporate trainer and corporate coach and it's, it's written about managing transitions at work but it applies equally to transitions that are going on at home or anywhere in your life. And she sets out a whole lot of different types of transitions that you might have in your life. And she talks about how when things change, and a change can be as great as you lose your job and become unemployed, which is pretty phenomenal sort of change, or you get a diagnosis that you haven't expected, a change is sort of thrust on you. Or it can be as simple as I've been at work all day, I've been in this zone focusing with these people on this stuff, and now it's time to go home. And I'm not feeling actually relaxed and stuff, but it's time to go home. And then there's a transition between work and home. So there's the transition between work and going on holidays. And a lot of people have a lot of stress. Not that any of us are going to be going on holidays anytime soon, but I'm just trying to give the vibe of some of these transitions. And transitioning how we see ourselves is a large part of this. There are other transitions that have to do with ageing, as the body starts to change and perhaps we don't have the functionality that we used to have and the the grief that goes with that, the feeling of lack of self-esteem or the lack of self-confidence that can go with changes relating to ageing. So there's all these different sorts of transitions that we can have in our life. Yeah, so I recommend this. I think you can get it on Amazon and places like that. Some of you would probably know her if you saw her because that's Cheryl. She's been on lots of retreats and things with us. So some of you would recognise her face. Anyway, I was having a look at this book again last night because there's so many good things in it. It just struck me that there's some wisdom in here that I really wanted to share with people. Yesterday uh, with another group I was talking about how the gap between something ending and something else beginning is a gap really worth considering And that between these endings and new beginnings is this time of transition that she's talking about. And she's very careful to define in this book that 
Change is the physical things that are happening, but transition is your your inner emotional and mental state of what's happening for you during this time of change. So 10 people could go through the same ending, gap, new beginning, and experience it 10 different ways because they're all built emotionally and mentally and spiritually in every other way, slightly different from each other. And so it's about how do we ourselves deal with transitions. And she says that when things end, particularly when it comes as a bit of a shock, when, for instance, COVID-19, where we've got all got to stay home, some people can't get back in the country, some people are stuck, you know, in the twixt and between, They've, there's just all kinds of strange things going on. And she says that a sort of a fog can come into our consciousness where there's confusion, where we don't necessarily function all that well, and that there's anger and blame sometimes can come up. Why is this happening? Why do I have to do this? Um, Why are they making us all stay home? And whilst we might be able to sort that out, these things would be there in some portion of the population and causing people to act strangely. And then there's a lot of anxiety, a lot of angst and sadness. So all of these things can come up during a time of transition. And then she talks about a time of being in between. The new thing hasn't started, but the old thing We still haven't really dealt with it. We haven't accepted it. And so she talks about this fog that we can live in. And during that fog, there can be a lack of mental clarity and there can also be all these emotions that I've just been talking about. And the part that really struck me was she said, you can feel that you've lost your capacity to be the person you used to be. And thus your confidence can really get knocked. And so there's even a transition between If you've been studying intensively, like remember in the old days, some of you have been around in the time when we had just program after program that people were coming to every week and every week. It was really intensive. And then there's a transition between bringing all this into your normal life and forging ahead with how you want to be and and how do you transition to utilize the things you've learned and to embed them in your normal life. So that too is a transition. There's just so many and we go through these transitions all the time. And Cheryl says that a lot of the time we go through these transitions half asleep in that we don't actually process what we're going through. And so it goes into us in a way that can cause emotional or even physical problems. And I don't know if you have ever seen someone who loses their job or even gets a huge promotion and pay rise, which is another form of transition that she talks about in the book. And my take on it, what I've seen, this isn't in her book, but I've seen people suddenly their back goes on them. You know, they can't, it's like their spine can't support that bigger job or that big an opportunity and it folds in. Anyway, there was a piece in this book that I thought was very interesting because she talks about how all this confusion, this mental fog and the lack of clarity and lack of belief in ourselves because of a big change can cause exhaustion. And I'm not sure if you've ever felt that when there's just been so much going on, you feel like you can't keep it all in your head anymore. It's too much to deal with. It's just jolt after jolt and you just feel exhausted. And then that exhaustion can become chronic if we don't deal with all the bits and pieces that needed to be dealt with from all the different transitions we've been through. And she cites a a book by David White called Crossing the Unknown Sea. And 
in it is a quote which I really like. You know that the antidote to exhaustion is not necessarily resting. The antidote to exhaustion is wholeheartedness. I really like that. The antidote to exhaustion is wholeheartedness. And I'm not sure if you've ever found that when you really love something, when you're really engaged in a passionate way with some project or whatever, that you find the energy. It just seems to flow. You can really feel different because you've got this thing that lights you up that you're doing and that you do tend to fall into bed tired of a night time and sleep better, get up in the morning, do it all again, do whatever you need to do because you're feeling that inner fire and you're utilising that creative fire. So I thought today, given that many of us are transitioning one way or another from the pre-COVID era to the COVID era, and then we'll be transitioning from the COVID era to the post, well, to the post this part of the COVID era, because let's face it, once you've got a strain of a a cold virus floating around, might be a while before anyone figures out what to do about that because vaccines have not been very successful for colds in the past. But that isn't to say they won't find something because human creativity is pretty amazing. But there's going to be more transitions. It could be that life will be a little different for a while than it was before. So I thought we might just have a little look at the whole notion of are we feeling a passion for something? And if not, then what are we going to do about that? Because a life without some form of passion is probably not the most lived-in life you could have. It's probably not not that I'm saying you have to feel passionate about everything all the time, I don't mean that at all, but to have something that feels bigger than you, that feels like a cause or a, or an idea that's important or, you know, a project that you know is going to really make a difference um, in your life, maybe for your family, maybe for a lot of people, something that lights you up. And so if you don't relate to having that thing that lights you up, What are we going to do about that? And if it's true that the antidote to exhaustion is not necessarily rest, the antidote to exhaustion is wholeheartedness, which just resonated with me when I read it. And it also made me think about the times when I've given treatments to people in the past for chronic fatigue. And, you know, you can't say it's one size fits all because people are different and the reasons for any disease can vary from person to person. But what I would say is that I've often found that there's a compromise in the heart chakra for people who have chronic fatigue. And sometimes it comes from a lot of pain from relationships that they've transitioned into or out of that hasn't been fully processed or work transitions, or the person's had an illness or an injury, or they've had some big spiritual experience that was either pleasant or unpleasant. It can go either way, can't it? Occasionally, you can have negative experiences of a karmic nature. But whatever it is, if you have these big experiences, and then you can't process it because you don't know what to do with it, or you just haven't found a way to process it, then that can go inside of us in a, in a place that's beneath, it's subliminal. The conscious mind is no longer even aware 
that we're still in a transition. The mind thinks it's all fine. The mind thinks, yeah, I've done that, but there's something, some piece of ourself is is left and also the fogginess and the lack of being able to remember things and feeling like, oh, my God, I'm losing it, or the lack of confidence. Any of these things could be a sign that we're not quite through these transitions. What Cheryl talks about in her book is that this time is one where the most important thing is to go really deep within yourself. And she talks a lot about finding and creating a sacred space for yourself. Of course, a sacred space can be a place like a meditation room or somewhere you meditate a lot or out in nature, but it can also, it's finding that place inside, isn't it? And the means through which you access your inner realm. So she says that's very important to have time in just immersion, to just go in and see what's in there beneath the conscious mind. And that as we spend some time, quality time in this immersed state, that we can then start to find acceptance of what's happened, be the transition large or small. And then curiosity, in my words, in her words, exploration, and we get some insight and we discover things. It's almost like the universe goes, here you are, have another thing when you've processed that old thing. Otherwise, we know you're still busy with that old thing. We're not going to give you a new thing. So for me, I've also felt how important it is to be praying for what you want. Talk to the universe and say, I'm confused. I, you know, I don't know what to do, but give me something to do. I want something useful to do. I want to feel useful. I'd like the divine to give me something useful to do that will be fulfilling. What's wrong with a prayer like that? I think it's a sensible prayer. And we know that the universe is conscious and aware. We know that the universe is alive and pretty much listening to everything. So what if we start pestering the universe about how we'd like to be given a meaningful job to do? And before you know it, the fog starts to lift and then you have engagement in a new beginning. So I really related to all of this and particularly to the bit about the antidote to exhaustion is not necessarily met resting, but wholeheartedness. So what's the difference between doing something and doing something wholeheartedly? Well, I think there's some pretty obvious differences, don't you? Because we can do something in a lacklustre way and it never gathers the energy of the universe to it. It'll only ever be half-hearted. And that's even in our language, you know, it's the half-hearted attempt at something. It means it wasn't all that good. So let's be full-hearted. And let's try and put our heart and soul into whatever we're doing. A question came in, how do we finish a process or transition of things when things are in limbo, uncertain or hibernating? Does that keep us in the process and unable to transition through to something new? Well, I think what Cheryl says in the book is that the change and the transition are two different things, that the the change is what's happening in the external world and it could be that the change is still in process and hasn't quite happened yet. And and we just have to be patient with that. We can't make things happen before they're ready to. And there's a lot of divine timing in things to line up all the ducks through all the dimensions and to get this person ready and that person ready and this one's got to do that first and then they'll be ready. So the divine timing in things can be something pretty phenomenal to consider. It's beyond our minds. But then what we're really talking about is the inner thing. So the inner thing of letting go and 
coming to terms with what's changed. So if an expectation wasn't met or a dream didn't come to be fulfilled and you have to relinquish the dream, that's the sort of thing. It's not so much the the outer, it's the inner. And so, yeah, so Ananda Anahata says that change can bring grief. And a lot of people are very resistant to feeling grief because grief can have all those waves that we know about, anger, sadness, acceptance, and then depression, and then anger and more sadness, blame, shame, you know, shaking a fist at the universe, all that sort of stuff. And so there's just a bit to it, to clearing all that up. And then we can come from a place of we're kind of rested because we've touched our core. And I think that's really what the the whole thing about transition is about. We've got to go into our core so that the next thing that pops out in our lives is something we can be wholehearted about because it came out of our heart in the first place, not, not so much out of your head. Thanks for joining me on this episode of Soul Talk. I hope the podcast has served you in creating a happier and more abundant life. If you've enjoyed the podcast, don't forget to subscribe, rate and leave a review on your favourite podcast app. If you'd like to connect with me, head over to shaktidurga.com. Darling.